Looking to take your entrepreneurial skills to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Just Take Action with your host, Joe McCabe. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, coming to you live here from Remax Experts and Homefront Mortgage. Um, I'm here today with two guests. Um, one of our loan officers here, Bruce Waller, uh, serial entrepreneur, incredible loan officer here at Homefront Mortgage. Um, and we're also joined by Joe Masalta. Um, he's a uh, previous Navy SEAL and one of the realtors here in the office. Um, so the experience between the three of us, we think you'll think it's a, it's a crazy show. Uh, we're all kind of lunatics, um, and because we're crazy, we want to dive into something that we all think is crazy, and that's the uh, lawsuit that was filed, class action lawsuit against the five major real estate firms, including Remax, Keller, Realogy, and a couple others. Um, Better, homes and Better Homes and Gardens, ERA, Berkshire Hathaway. So we want to talk about that a little bit because I'm sure it's got all realtors twisted up. What's going to happen to my commission? And for those of you who aren't up on it, maybe we'll kind of <clears throat> open your eyes a little bit to what this is and how crazy it is. So there's some guy out there in Chicago who sold a home in 2017, uh, used a Remax broker to list the property, and the buying agent was Keller Williams, and he paid a 6% commission. And basically, the whole claim in the lawsuit is, well, I don't really know where that 6% went, um, and I didn't know that I was compensating a buyer's agent. So we did a brief check on our end, and... Bright's rules don't say that you have to compensate the buyer's agent. Of course, some listing agents always take more commission, and it, it kind of pisses everybody off. Um, and in our contract, it really breaks down exactly how much you're going to offer that buyer's agent. So we went and looked up Chicago's agreement of sale and towards the – or sorry, listing contract. And towards the end of the listing contract under the compensation part, it says that the sponsoring broker's compensation or commission with all cooperating brokers – um, that they that they basically have they may share their commission with whoever they want. It doesn't break it down like Pennsylvania's, um, but it is there. So we uh, it's something that's come up in in our conversations quite a few times. NAR has denounced the lawsuit. They plan on dismissing it. They call it baseless and and basically frivolous, um, and that it contains an abundance of false claims. And high level, I agree with that. But I want to see what you guys think. I agree. Uh, I think it's without merit. The listing agreements that I've seen over my career and to my knowledge have always said that um, the listing agent is able to share their compensation with the buyer side or whoever uh, cooperates. This is just another attack on the real estate industry that's been happening for years. And I think it's just going to go by the wayside because as long as everybody involved understands what they're signing, knows what they're signing, and agrees to what they're signing, I don't know how there could be any uh, lawsuit. So what do you think, Joe? No, it's frivolous. This is absolutely frivolous, and the judge will throw it out. He'll see. He'll read right through the smoke screens uh, with the inundated suit that they just put all these frivolous claims in there saying that, um, hey, buyers, agents are getting paid too much on online marketing when buyers are really seeing these properties on their own through all the online marketing currently happening. You know, which which really isn't the case, but the judge will see right through that, and and with that is, it sounds like there's some ulterior motive beyond this claim because if they were to get this pushed through, somebody would be able to potentially profit largely in the long term. 
Yeah, I got that feeling too. Um, I feel like a lot of the online marketplaces that sell leads, I'm not going to name any specifically by title because you know, I don't want to get sued. Yeah. Uh, but we all know that the big ones out there are probably trying to structure this to press down the mortgage and the real the margins in the real estate mortgage industry so they actually can get the, the, the share of the profits. And I just think that's uh, without merit. It's baseless. And I think it's bad business. And I think any any judge, jury, to see right through this, that they're just trying to take on one of the big three industries that keep America going. So. Well, and I guess my complaints about NAR uh, come into play here because I always say NAR is just a free subscription to DocuSign for 600 bucks a year. But um, but this is where our pack comes into play. And our pack is basically every year you can make an additional donation and that goes towards this fund. And uh, so with 1.3 million members, the Association of Realtors is the largest uh, basically third-party lobbying firm. Um, so they're kind of going up against a behemoth of an organization that it's not really, you know, and it's one of the largest organizations and longest standing. So it's not like they're just going against the mom and pop shop and yeah, you're going to crush them in a class action um, going against 1.3 million people. So, Hey, if you want to waste time and waste money, just uh, to do it yourself as far as listing your home or as far as trying to rent your home out yourself. Uh, it, I have to live in the main line, lower Marion area of, of the Philadelphia region. And, there's a property out there that well, three months ago, no, actually going back further, about six months ago, they, they went up on the market and they're, still, they're just trying to rent it. You know, a couple, they're just trying to rent their property. They live right next door to it. Um, I brought some people in and and these people, they wanted to rent the property, but the uh, other people didn't want to pay the commissions. And so this house is still sitting there. Wow. It's roughly six months later, the house is just still sitting there. So, yeah, you see that a lot with for sale by owners. Yeah. And then on the real estate side, like the biggest thing you can do, and I know I've always done a really good job of doing this when I was listening to um, Pat Haban's show, who we're actually going to be on shortly. It was already filmed. They He had a couple agents on there talking about how they explain how the commission split up. And he does it with a couple dollar bills, basically. He says, look, these three are mine. These three are the agents. Is that you know?" And he kind of breaks it down like that. But when I go through the contract, I mean, ours is spelled out pretty nice, and maybe it's just something that realtors make sure that, hey, th this is something that was brought up, so someone thinks it's an issue, so make sure that you're doing it right. Hey, here's the 5% commission. You know, here's how it's split up. It tells you right there, sub-agent, transaction agent, whatever. Um, make sure you're explaining that properly, and you won't have an issue. Um, but I think in our area, you know, Philadelphia is one of the areas that's specified in this lawsuit. I mean, I think everyone knows that you pay a buying agent commission. I mean, that's why for sale by owners don't want to pay commission. They know that you pay two sides. So I don't know that this is not common knowledge and I don't know how they're going to twist this into, um, antitrust is basically what they're going after. Right. I mean, they're trying to turn this into an antitrust case. I want to say antitrust or, or price fixing, but the difference is that if I'm going to get money from a pharmaceutical company yeah, and I need to get my asthma medicine that I take every day, I can't tell the pharmaceutical company what to charge me. Yeah. The, the price is already set by them. I have no I have no say. There's no contracts. I can't negotiate anything. So they tell me, Bruce, this is how much it costs a month. This is how much I must pay. If I come to your house to list your home and I tell you I'm going to list it for 20%, yeah. and you say I don't want to pay 20%, you have that freedom to say, no, I don't want to pay 20%. Right. Um, the, average, the average sales percent that I've heard about from my friends, families, coworkers is 6%. 
So I'll, I'll agree to 6%. Yeah. So all this is negotiable, and you actually are not forced to sign that contract. Right. So I'd, I'd be shocked if somebody could say that, hey, um, there's a contract for listing. To my knowledge, there's no contracts for listing that the agent's able to take the listing and put it up on the market and sell and get a commission without a signed contract. Right. And any seller or buyer that works with any kind of agent has the right to talk to an attorney to review that contract on their behalf to make sure they're not being taken advantage of. Right. So I just don't even see how this yeah. plays and, into and, you know, Real estate agents are professionals, and they're really, whether they're the buyer or the seller, they're, they're really trying to do the right thing, which is not do anything unethical to anyone involved in the transaction at all. So to, to really make sure, this commission, it is the seller agent's commission, wholeheartedly, whether it's 4%, 5%, 6%, whatever it is, that is a seller agent's commission. And the seller agent has the option to split that or negotiate some percentage of that. It's not like it's raising the percentage of the seller, the, the actual seller of the home. It's not like it's taking more money out of that person's pocket, okay? It's people are getting compensated for being professionals and for helping this transaction to go through legally. So a year, five, 10 years, it doesn't come back and bite anybody involved in the transaction. And so again, the seller agent's the one getting the commission. 100% of that, and the seller agent is the one out of that commission, which isn't driving up any cost, just out of what the seller agent gets, that he already negotiated with the seller, is the one that's splitting that or giving a percentage of it to a buyer for being a professional and bringing somebody to actually buy this home. Well, I think this gets to the heart of the trend that's been happening the last couple of years in the real estate industry is that agents are not worth their pay. Yeah. The whole for sale by owner, I want to sell by my home. And this is what I tell everybody when I'm giving trainings about this. There was a guy who started forsalebyowner.com. He founded it. He started it. He had a condo he needed to sell in 2000. <laughs> Guess what he did? Called an agent. He had a, hired an agent. The guy who founded forsalebyowner.com in 2011, according to uh, Time Magazine, hired an agent to sell his condo. So what's that tell you? Now, there's a certain subset of people that have the skill set and the ability and the time to sell the property by itself, okay? But if the guy who started for sale by owner hired an agent to sell his property, I'm sure that everybody can see the value of working with an agent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, there's, there's just too much shit that can come up in a transaction that pe people don't Well, you have a fiduciary responsibility mm -hmm. yeah. to protect these people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's something I don't even know this talks about. This guy that had the property that he sold in 2017, his listing agent had a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that he was protected and he or she did right by him. That's literally in the contract. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, I don't know, uh, just me personally. That's uh, just I, the wind. Yeah, I just don't see this, this happening. Um, this this lawsuit just continuing on. Yeah. Because I, I think it's hard no, pressed. No. Any 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 real estate attorney, any attorney general, anybody that's in the real estate industry uh -huh. would allow a contract to be written saying that this is the commission and of that commission, the seller listing agent is not able to share that commission with anybody. Mm -hmm. And as yeah. Joe said earlier, he looked at the listing agreement in Chicago yeah. and it reads that they're able to share their commission with cooperating brokers. Yeah. So the, the, the lawsuit's baseless. Absolutely. Baseless. Absolutely baseless. Yeah. And they'll have a hard, hard time trying to prove that in court. You know, there has to be elements, right. elements to these, these accusations. 
and the the elements just aren't there. Yeah, and I, I've read the MLS rules now at this point. It's like nowhere in there does it specify you have to pay a commission. And I've seen listings where they're offering one percent, and you get to settlement, and that dude got four or, or whatever mm-hmm. the deal is. And that's the thing. Most of the time, if there's first of all, you know what the commission is per your listing contract. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, the buyer's agent's getting if the, if it's not the same amount as the listing agent, if they're not splitting it two and a half at, and two and a half or three and three, the listing agent's usually getting more if it's split up differently. So it's not like there's a greater portion going to the buyer's agent as a way to entice them to sell the property. But sometimes there's bonuses and things like that. But that's between the the seller has agreed to that. Okay. Um, so it's it's just amazing. All, party, all parties are involved. Yeah. Nobody can say, "Oh, this is a shock to me." Right. <laughs> right. This is one of the shock. And like then you, what, you, you didn't notice on yeah, the settlement sheet at yeah. the end of the day? I mean, That's another thing. I, when the, if I'm a judge, I would say, okay, well, let me look at the listing contract and see how they match up to the settlement sheet. It says you're paying this. The settlement sheet says you're paying this. But out of that, it was split between the seller and the buyer with the same amount of money percentage-wise that you're supposed to pay is that exact amount on the selling, selling sheet or the, the final seller's disclosure. So what like, – I, I still don't understand what the what the, the lawsuit's base is. Because it's not like you were tricked. You signed. Yeah. You signed a contract. You weren't tricked. I think the basis of this lawsuit goes back to what the statement that I made earlier. And without mentioning names of uh, companies or organizations, there's some underlying thing out there where somebody's just like, okay, if we can get this passed, then that will set us up in a better position. Now, and it goes back to the online real estate marketing. And I've had, I don't know if it's proper to say, but I've had plenty of people. I'd say probably hundreds of people come to me. And say, oh well, I found this property on Zillow, and I really want it. I'm like, well, let me look it up. Oh yeah, guess what? That property was sold six months ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know what? That's the thing is like, and these underlying companies that we don't want to mention right now, they have zero market share. You know, zero. Like, I mean, I will name them because I've heard other people name them, but like Redfin, um, EXP, all of these companies have such a small market share compared to us. They're babies. I mean, you have zero chance of beating out the top three. I mean, if you want to go head-to-head with Remax, Keller Williams, and Berkshire Hathaway, you must be out of your fucking mind. Have fun. Yeah. Because you're not yeah. going to compete. You're not going to compete in a yeah. lawsuit. Yeah. You're, yeah. I, I mean, walk around Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't see a EXP. I don't see Compass. They're, and let's sorry if you're part of those brands, but they're, they're irrelevant yeah. from a market share perspective. So if that's what part of this and, is, it, it's crazy. And it's not like agents or... Mortgage brokers are out there just trying to be unethical or trying to uh, rape people, if you will, and trying to take a portion of their hard-earned equity or money out of, out of their home. Like We're there trying to help facilitate a transaction. I think sitting across from me here, uh, we have you know Bruce, mortgage expert, uh, Joe McCabe, real estate expert, probably between the two of them, tens of thousands of transactions who... I say I think they could probably talk to the fact that every single transaction something was different, significant, where they had to know how to finagle things mm-hmm. as far as getting the deal done. Okay, that a lay person just wouldn't really understand. That's what I was gonna say. Predominantly, people do not want to do this on their own. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, the for sale by owner, ninety percent of them end up listing with an agent, and then on the rare occasion, yeah, there's an investor who owns two hundred properties and does it for sale by owner. Great, good on him. But I bet there's an attorney that drew up the agreement, you know. So <laughs> he spent yeah. some money on there's someone helping something. him close that yeah. deal. There's there's this there's this perception that what agents do, what mortgage people do, is so simple. It's just oh okay, well here's my information, put this together, and go get it approved. They don't see the thirty or forty things that you have to do behind the scenes. 
Yeah. And how one little thing, if you do it the wrong way, structured the wrong way, actually could kill the deal. And that's what happens when, uh, well, that's the benefit you get with working with somebody who's been doing this for so long because they can see the potential red flags in the beginning. Yeah. And again, yeah. if you're if you're a exactly. for sale by owner, you can sell the property yourself, great. But according, according to statistics I've read, um, that for sale owner properties sell anywhere from 6 to 13% less than they do when they're actually listed. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to pay 6 to 13% less and do all the work, it makes sense to pay 6% and have somebody do the work for you. Yeah. Right? Actually, while yeah. we're on that point, I mean, it's like, so we said you got to be clear and concise in your speech when you're going through these contracts. People need to know that. But at the same time, people want to work with you and ultimately will work with you if you've clearly articulated your value add. Yeah. So. Agents, I mean, you're going to keep getting deals. This this lawsuit is going to have zero effect on the industry. Yeah. Most people don't even know about it except for us. But if you're out there, I mean, people want to work with you, whether it's because of your own personal brand or the service or the value that you're delivering. And I think that most of us do an excellent job at doing that. Um, so make sure that when you're working with these clients, you're, you're actually telling them what you're going to do. So it's important to have a buyer side consultation or a seller side consultation and, and not just, hey, I'm going to sell your house 6%. I'll put a sign up and take the pictures and put it in the MLS and um, thanks, John. See you later. You know, but unfortunately, a lot of people do that. Yeah. But if you clearly articulated every single thing you're going to do, went through the open houses, went through the different marketing, how you're going to um, work on the feedback and call agents who showed the property and things like that, um, and maybe just different marketing things you're going to do on social media and stuff that maybe your seller is not well versed in and most agents aren't well versed in. Um, I mean, the real estate industry, insurance industry, all of these industries are so behind the curve in social media. If you're just doing 10% more than everybody else, you're, you're doing incredible things. I think another underlining thing with the lawsuit is this idea that technology in of itself can replace human-human interaction. Yeah. Now, maybe 5,000 years from now, when we're well and gone, maybe you get to the point where you could have a conversation like we're having now with a robot and you can get the same similar experience but i just don't think that the human to human connection can be replaced technology will speed up the process will improve the process but nothing really gets done in this business without some kind of face-to-face -face or over the phone conversation because people need to touch and feel and smell yeah. and taste the more senses we're able to uh, get in touch with a certain situation the more comfortable we are so you can put your property online but if that was the case then mortgage brokers, real estate agents, and a lot of professional service industries would be gone because the person would not need any handholding. But unless you're like Einstein and you're smarter than everybody and everything, or you can just enter a field and know exactly what to do, if you can, hey, by all means, I, you know, wish, I hope, wish you were my dad, um, <laughs> you're going to need somebody to walk you hand in hand. Now, some people need hand in hand the entire time. Some people need hand in hand in the beginning. But either way, technology will never, in our lifetime, be able to replace a human-human connection because I tell people the robot's turned on by human and it's turned off by human. Yeah, so you yeah. can't replace. <laughs> yeah. it. You well, can't that's, that's kind of like the the cost yeah. versus worth thing. Yes, it's like you know people are always looking at the cost instead of well, wait a minute, what's it actually worth? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like to me, we have properties out in Pittsburgh. I would never try to sell those properties from Philadelphia just to save three percent. That's not worth it to me. Yeah, I would never sell them as a for sale by owner just because I'm an agent. It doesn't make any sense. It's not worth it. It's taking up way too much time. It's taking away from other things that we should be working on. And if you're just average Joe and Diane living in the Northeast, 
selling your property, you need to be focused on taking the kids to school, taking them to soccer, getting their homework done, going to work, not selling your house, negotiating deals, finding title companies, figuring out the buy side commission, negotiating inspections. That's not your job. And by the way, do you have connections for those things? Because it's just taking up more and more time and good connections because we've all run through title companies, mortgage people, if you're a realtor, probably hundreds, if you've been in more than five years. I mean, you've it's worth versus cost, and it's just not worth it to sell the property on your own. I agree. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, time value of money. Yeah. Right there. Stick with what's making you money versus versus trying to learn the intricacies of something that uh, just you don't really deal with. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how this lawsuit is going to do anything. No. It's just. It's, hey, well, it's frivolous. Like, if you're a judge and you're being objective. From the start, if, if you're being objective, you're thinking, okay, it's my job to protect the people. Yeah. So if I was a judge, I would say, okay, um, we got 50 states, so give me 50, 50 recent listing agreements that you think had some, some issue, and then give me all the final selling statements, and I'm going to read through there, and I'm going to make sure all 50 are signed. Were they signed? Okay. So nobody had a gun to your head, you went on under arrest, you signed this, it's sound mind and body, great. Okay, well, that seems like that's pretty good. And where's it saying here that you have to buy, you have to pay a buyer's agent? Because I don't know if you, you got, I don't know of any states that you're required. Not only do you have to pay a buyer's agent, but you have to pay a buyer's agent more. Like yeah, so, right. in this in this contract, the the Illinois contract, there's a there's a percentage, and that goes to the seller's agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's clearly stated it goes to the seller's agent, and then the seller just took a percentage of that and gave it to a buyer's agent for bringing a buyer to the table. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. It didn't drive anybody's costs up. And, nope. and um, that's the thing. If I was a judge, I'm looking at the seller saying, hey, so were you aware that there was a commission on this that was going to your agent? Okay, great. Now did now that we got a new agent in, a buyer agent in, did it, did it increase your commission? No. Okay, so what are you crying about? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Forget no. about, what, what, if, about? what if Pennsylvania's contract and Illinois' contract didn't say that you were going to split it, and let's say Pennsylvania's contract didn't spell it out down to the freaking number that yeah. you're going to pay, still the same number at the end of the day. Who the hell cares? Well, this How's is what, that? Yeah, this is what doesn't make sense to me. So if you're paying me 5% commission, okay, of that commission, and I hired a, an outside advertising firm, and I said, hey, listen, you, you help me put together the marketing for this, and when I, my commission's closed, I'm going to pay you a portion uh, for your marketing expenses that you're doing for me. Yep. Can I not, as a listing agent, hire an outside place to help me for marketing? So now you're telling me that this is how much I'm getting paid, and I can't take the money we agreed upon and pay my own expenses to get your house? So you, so as what? Yeah, so are you mad exactly. that, that Zillow got a piece? Are you mad that Realtor.com got a piece? Are you mad that Trulia got a piece? HomeSnap got a piece? Uh, MLS, all these people got a piece. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In the listing contract, you didn't tell me you're going to pay all these people. <laughs> right. Come on, it doesn't make any sense. No. If I, you have, we agreed to 5%, you signed 5%, and out of that 5%, I have my own cost, own people that I have to pay. And if one of those people is a buying agent that brought it in and the contract says I'm able to split that with a buying agent or anybody else that helps me sell, what's the problem? Right. Yeah, it's not cheap to run a real estate business. It's not no. cheap to sell a house. Yeah. So when I go to a bar or a restaurant, I'm not looking at all the contracts they sign with their vendors. The only thing, only thing <laughs> I see coming out of this is one more disclosure saying that well, that's what I was my, say, my, yeah. my uh, 6% commission, and out of the 6% commission, I'm able to pay these people 
as part of my 6% commission, and I'm just going to list every professional service ever needed in real estate. Yeah. And then after that, you can't, okay, so if it's 10 pages, this is what you wanted. It's 10 yeah. pages. Well, sign, 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 sign. Right. If I got to pay the plumber, I got to pay the radon guy, uh-huh. I got to pay advertising. Oh, God forbid you know about that. Sign, 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 sign. Yeah. So nothing's going to come out of this. No. Because yeah. the way I look at it is, there is, there, when they say relief, right, there's the legal term. There's no relief needed because if I told you I was going to charge you 5% and I charged you 5%, how were you slighted? How were you taken advantage of? Yeah. How were you hustled yeah. in any way? If yeah. I didn't tell you what I, you know, it's like I don't have to tell you what I'm doing with the money. But if the law says, hey, well, then these people need to know exactly what we're doing with the money, then come up with a disclosure that's 90 pages long, and we'll get a docu-sign, and feel free to read every professional service to make yourself feel good. And how many people with that disclosure will get past seven, seven or eight? Yeah, yeah. Okay, plumber, radon guy, pest, blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to sign. I want to get past 32 sentences. Yeah, because it's like, okay. it's like when you go, I had to get my wife's brakes fixed on Saturday. Uh-huh. Did I did I ask yeah. the guy that ran the shop? Why? Well, how much of this are paying your employees? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How much are you paying the, the people that bring you oil, that bring you gas? No, it's it's that's how much I'm paying him because he needs to run his business. Yeah. So. Not to mention as a solo agent, I mean, you know, if you're working, I mean, most solo agents, like if they're full time successful, maybe they're getting to like the twenty five to thirty deal mark is what they could do in a year. Yeah. People don't realize how much communication it takes to get through every single step of the process. And the seller expects you to know all that shit, and so does the buying agent. So, like, yeah, you got to be in communication with title companies. Sometimes you got to clear things off title. You got to be in community. Like, and the other thing is, even if we got to a point where we were able to wipe out real estate agents and loan officers, you still have to go to the recording office to get shit. Sometimes, like, there's people who still go do searches. Yeah. So, I mean, documents are so old, and houses have been around so long. Like, they're still gonna need someone's gonna need to go down there and do something. So I don't see how they could ever eliminate because, the people. Well, you can't. Well, here's the thing. You might be able to consolidate. Okay? Like, for example, yeah. let's say that you've been a teacher for 10 years. You both have 800 credit scores. You're both W-2 employees. You both file you file joint tax returns. You're buying a $400,000 house. You're putting 20% down. Uh, your debt-to-income ratio is like 30. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything is like easy-peasy. Okay, so you could probably hire one person to probably handle, let me say, 50 of those a month. Yeah. Okay. Because basically it's just collating, submitting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Collating, submitting. So that yeah. you could probably, but how many people are like that yeah. in, the, in, the, in the country? And then let's get into an FHA deal where the person's got a 589 credit score. It's had three jobs in the last two years. Okay. Has like nine or 10 large <coughs> deposits. Has money coming from her mom, dad, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, cousin. You can't sub that out. You yeah. need somebody that says, okay, this is what we have to do. Do A, then do B, then do C, then do D. So I can say maybe like the A paper perfect kind of loan could be kind of consolidated down to one person to do a bunch. But I say, but you need that one person. Yeah. So you might be able to consolidate. But you get into the government back loans and the, and like the HUD book and the USDA book and the VA book is thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Mm-hmm. You just can't have one person. They'd be overwhelmed because there's so many moving parts yeah. within one loan. Yeah. So That's the value true. of somebody that does what we do and what you guys do I just don't see how it's going to be replaced besides maybe like a small 5 to 7% of the market where it's everything, like one of those deals where it's so easy, it's just in and out, nice and clean. Yeah. But what do you get, one of those a month, one every two months? That's rare. At best. Yeah, and if, you have, and if you're going after that one subset, you're going after one of that subset, you still need somebody at the bank to handle that subset. Yeah. Yeah.
I think I had one of those five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it'll end up in, in a disclosure, like you yeah, said. Yeah, it's going to be so. a disclosure. I mean, I tell you, like, there's a story that happened not so far back in the distant future, or our uh, past, I mean, is that uh, there was a short sale. And it went on for about eight months. Well, I would say there's nothing short about a short sale. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It went on. It's not short about it at all. It went yeah. on about eight months. And at the end, the secondary lender was not notified. Mm. And it canceled the whole deal. Oh. It canceled because the secondary lender couldn't be written off. Yeah. It just canceled the whole deal. Um, because somebody in the chain didn't didn't do their, their due diligence, didn't do what they were supposed to do there. Yeah. You know? So the deals can get complicated. And as a, as a seller... I certainly wouldn't want to be left holding the bag saying, okay, what just happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been around the mortgage and real estate industry for 14 years. So if I, if I had to, I could sell my house by myself because I've been around it. I've, I've done sides, but I wouldn't do it because yeah. I don't have the time. Right. Yeah. Every house I've bought and yeah. sold here, you want your yeah. six minute good. Right. And it's like the money, and then if you look at it like from a very, very simple... Because I'm getting my time back with my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I want. Or another couple mortgage apps, and you oh, yeah, make yeah, more... With more business. Exactly. More than the amount of time you're going to spend selling the house, you can do 50 mortgages. That's, that's crazy. I'm going you know, right off my taxes anyway. Yeah. Right. Assuming it's still legal, you know, disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a CPA, I'm not an attorney. Under this administration, we're good. Under this administration, we're good. we're good. Awesome. I well, hope you got a lot out of that. Yeah, I, I learned so a lot about this. Yeah, I so too. Yeah, but you want to uh, transition a bit into something I, I keep hearing on podcasts, something we always talk about—the action piece. Okay. You know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday with. Um, it was at, it was on Pat Haban's podcast, mm-hmm. and it's something that I always say. Bruce says it all the time in training, but you always hear like, "There's no magic bullet in the real estate industry, right?" And you always see we have like one of the highest turnovers. Um, there's people listening to all these entrepreneurial podcasts, there's people listening to all these sales podcasts, and then they never, they never get up and do anything. They never actually take action. They're always looking for, okay, well, wait, wait, tell me about Zillow. Is Zillow any good? Tell me about set schedule. Tell me about realtor.com. It's like, look, all of these fucking things work. It's about the person working them. And if they don't work, switch it up. And, but it's also about not one thing is going to grow your business to a point where you're making a million dollars as a realtor. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Or a loan officer. Yeah. It's multiple streams. It's yeah. leads. It's referrals. It's direct mail marketing. It's email marketing. you got to have all these systems in place. Referrals. Referrals are huge and people don't ask for them. And obviously the point in our business is to get to a point where you can be 80% plus referrals and maybe you only need to spend a little bit getting leads. But – People never even get to that point because they don't want to put in the initial work. They're looking for that magic bullet. They're looking for that free money. They want tactics over execution. Yeah, right. And at the end of the day, you listen to all these podcasts, and I've I've listened to all of them. Every real estate development podcast, I'm like, every day I'm like, well, maybe there's something that I can deliver to the agents. Maybe there's something I come up with for the loan officers. And it's always fucking, I did something and you didn't. I picked up the phone and called somebody. Yeah, you made a move. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, the, the big challenge is um, basically we're programmed as humans to want to get the most amount of return for the least amount of energy. Yeah. And this goes back to the KMA and the KMA days, you know, uh, you see a saber-toothed tiger, you know, sight, flight, or flight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of programmed with that. And because of that, a lot of people um, want to – the best example is, so what are the odds of starting a business, right? They say like – 95% of the businesses fail within the first five years. Yeah. Okay, so 
So you got so basically you got a five percent chance of becoming successful. Yeah. But so many people are scared to start businesses, but these same people will spend five, six, seven thousand dollars a year on the lottery. Yep. Yeah. What are the chances of winning the lottery? Right. Well, you <laughs> it's know, like one in three hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I can't even put the point all the zeros, but it shows you that the people want the the the, the, the minimum amount of effort for the largest possible payoff. So it's people are scared of action, and everybody wants the tactic, the tactic, the tactic. So my pup pop always used to say something about this. He would say, there's five birds on a line, and there's a gunshot, mm -hmm. and three birds decide to fly away. How many birds are left? Five birds. Because the three birds only decided to fly away. They didn't fly away because they didn't take action. So most people want the, okay, everything's easy. I'm just going to decide to do it. It's going to come falling into my life. But the one person that takes action, and we talked about this in the training, action and having a high emotional IQ, being able to deal with people's emotions and your emotions and knowing how to respond, not react, and having an average IQ will, out, will crush anybody that has a high IQ, low emotional IQ, and low action. Because nothing happens without action. Yeah. You get out of bed and the only reason why you're listening to this or doing something today is because you physically had to do it. You yeah. had to open, you had to download this, you had to open the screen, you had to go to work. So action trumps everything. And the way I look at it is another reason why people hate to take action is they're worried about making mistakes. Yeah. They're worried about yeah. failing. Don't worry about making mistakes. Okay. Mistakes are going to happen when I'll you say, do listen, something like, or not. Listen, I said, <laughs> if you take action or yeah. take delayed action, you're still going to make mistakes. So I believe yeah. in hurrying up and failing. Like Get all yeah. my fails out of the way, get all the problem stuff and squish that down as fast as possible yeah. so I get to something being successful. Yeah. And most people are worried about, well, my friends, my family, my coworkers are going to think I'm more stupid. It's like, yes, now they will. Yeah. But five years from now, when you're making five times the amount of income they are and living the life you want, they're going to go from feeling that you were stupid to obscenely jealous of you. Yeah. And the biggest F you can give to somebody is massive success. So it's action. Action, imperfect action, and fix it as you go. Yeah. Ready, fire, aim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and on those, like, you always hear different things about why those businesses found this 5%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look at business as, you know, your real estate sales business too because, shit, they might be even higher than that in the real estate industry on how many people get out. And a lot of times it's not necessarily people like, well, I need money for marketing. I got to keep my other job before I start selling real estate. You know, I got to bridge it. I got to be part time, and then I can go full time. That's not necessarily the case. The problem is if you if you take enough action that you can get whether it's a product or a service that you're selling, and you can get it to the marketplace fast enough, you will succeed. There's mm -hmm. plenty of realtors who do 60 deals in their first year. There's plenty that do 10 or 15. You can live off that too. But if you want to get to the next level, it's about getting your product to the marketplace, understanding your business. And if you're at the ownership level or the and you're the actual owner of the business, you got to get out of selling because it's amazing how many companies, small companies are out there that have a good model, but the owner is still out there selling real estate or the owner is still out there uh, selling insurance or w whatever the business is. That's not what they should be doing. They should be growing the business, recruiting, servicing the people to a point where the employees become your clients, not the outside parties. That, no, that's why Amazon that's, crushes everybody. That's, I'm, that's something I'm really impressed with you about, uh, Joe, is that that's what you do. You've developed your team, and that's what you continue to do. You keep bringing in agents, and you keep training them. And you keep developing your team, developing your business, and you let the people that are going to be on the front lines 
you give them all the tools and yeah. then you're back here as a resource and you're, you're helping them. Well, I think um, it's scary for people because mm-hmm. it's like, wait, you know, it's a lot of money on one real estate transaction. You can make eight to 10 grand, Yeah. you know, but now, you now as the owner, you have to be like, wait, I got to bring in these people and then trust them to make my eight <laughs> to 10 grand. And that's think, scary. Cause you have to step over the, the dime to pick up the yeah. dollar. And that's Most scary. Most people want that dime now. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll hear people, uh, this is the whole, um, action or, or or activity involved in return, you'll hear people win like large lawsuits for like yeah. millions of dollars. Like and then I'm not saying say certain money's company. fucking gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, the money's gone. Yeah. Because they have they don't have a financial literacy or what's more, they'll have somebody call them up and say, Hey I, you want a ten million dollar settlement. Um I'll buy you a ten million dollar settlement. I'll give you two point five million dollars cash right now. Give you a you know pretty much um eighty eighty percent haircut on it. And people will say yes. Oh, is that what those lawsuits? Yeah, that's what they do. I don't want to say the name, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. They, because they'll, they'll give these people huge, massive haircuts on their, their profit, the money they've earned through the lawsuit because they want the money now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the people in the back end see the long money. Well, I'll give you the 2.5, knowing that I'm going to get 83 or, or, or probably uh, $368,000 a month the next 10 years mm-hmm. and then I get that from you then I get that from you then I get that from you so it's like basically I'm giving you out 2.5 million but I'm bringing in poor four or five times that monthly from me buying buying you out of your actual contract and then they'll put it in the bank or under the mattress because they're so fearful yeah you know, the long term the long term profits off that yeah and uh yeah because yeah. most people are programmed yeah. in our country to see that step over the dollar pick up the dime they're all programmed that you know I, I need to what I call like people in the mortgage industry and real estate injury industry, I call it hugging her deal. Mm-hmm. It's like I've had deals yeah. where I was helping a loan officer and they're calling me every day, every second, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. Same thing in He's like, whoa, 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 what, what? don't worry about this. This is already in. Yeah. Okay? This is what I call that. This is like you're, you're not, now you're trying to store your money. You got to go out and grow. Yeah. Go, why are you worried about that? Go get four more yeah. so that falls out you replace that. Yeah. Right? Because you're going you're gonna to have more, more fallout. But exactly. unfortunately, most people in our country are programmed because yeah. they have financial literacy Bad modeling that I'm gonna step over the dollar, pick up the dollar. When I opened my first brokerage, that was hard for me too. Yeah. McCabe had a good spot, and you, Bruce, you had a good spot too about about hard, about fear. Okay, yeah. being hard, things being hard, tough, fear. Those are the number one things that lead to people not taking action. Okay, overcome your fears, overcome the skepticism of things being hard. Okay, life is hard. It's like doing burpees. Okay, you get knocked down, you get back up. Yep. It's just the way it is. After you've done a thousand of them, you're like, wow, I'm pretty dynamic. I'm not I'm not such a turd. I'm not such a bad guy. I can actually do this here. Okay. Uh-huh. So it goes back to action. How do you take action? Get rid of your fear. Okay. Don't worry about things being hard. Just go make it happen. You know, Navy SEALs are successful for a few reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is they take action. It doesn't mean things are gonna be be pretty, okay? And there's some army generals out there that have said, hey, you know. If I don't really have time to plan a mission, I'm going to use the SEALs. Because they'll just run in and they'll go make it happen. And things will get messy. Things won't be perfect. But you know what? They free flow with it. Yeah. And they're able to make decisions on the call or on the fly there. So with that is overcome your fear. Okay, Take the action every single day. If you got a goal, write your goal down and then work backwards on the action items you need to take every single day. Okay. So start where your end goal is and then start working backwards. What do I need to do to get there? And then just get up and make that happen. And guess what? Life's hard. Sometimes life sucks. It's not always going to be perfect. But the sun will come out and you'll be sipping some margaritas somewhere, enjoying yep. life. Okay? 
yeah. then you get back in you get back in the fight. Yeah. Well, people have to be front, you know, Navy SEAL term, front sight focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever, the, whatever the mission is, whatever the objective, you got to focus on that. But also, I think that in life, it's easier to pull something than push something. Do you guys agree? Yeah. It's yeah. Easier mm-hmm. to pull than push. So a lot of times, people try to find goals that are going to push. They're trying to push towards. Yeah. And when things get hard in life, we just, as a human condition, we just, I don't, I don't want to do that. What you need to do is find things that are going to pull you towards something. Yeah. Best example, I had a friend of mine. It's like, well. I want to make more money and get in better shape. Okay, that was his push. I was like, well, "What are you doing?" Oh, I was like, "Well, I said I got I got to go out and and I got to study a bunch of gyms. I got to find which one's best." Right. I told you already putting up the walls. Already putting up the walls. Put up the walls. Study. Well, wait, I can't do it this and I, week. And I, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, no, no, no. I said, "What's the real reason why you want to make more money and get in shape?" He's like, "Well, um, I want to be out of debt and I want to have a bigger house." He's like, no, 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 deeper than that. So I kept asking the questions I do. I said, the real reason why you want to do it is because you want your kids, two things, to see you as a great dad. So when you're on your deathbed, you feel like they felt that you did everything you're supposed to do to give them the life they deserve. Yeah. Okay. That's as important. Yeah. Okay. That's very important. Very important. Mm -hmm. Right? And then the second thing that you're doing is you're feeling a sense of your own accomplishment. So, because I don't care who you are, you can say you have the best mental mental uh, ability, and and you're not worrying about people talking. Everybody's had somebody say something to their life that hurt them to the core. Mom, dad, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, drill instructor, somebody. <laughs> you're like, damn, that that penetrated me. So you kind of want to get to the point and where you can say, you know what, motherfucker, yeah, look at me now, yeah. like I I got you. So if you uh, find something that's what I call the deeper benefit, yeah. okay, because I tell people. The reason why I do everything I want to do is for the main reason is I want my kids to think that I was a great dad, My both of my daughters. Everything I do, this, the, the bottom base feeling is I want to be that way because when I'm on my, on my deathbed and everybody's looking over me, I want to know that in their minds and hearts that they know, hey, dad, you can go now. You did your job. So everything I do is, is pulling me toward that, not pushing me. So I don't need to think, what am I going to do today to help my family? I already have something that's pulling me. Yeah. Right. And then the thing is, you want to get in shape. The very first thing you need to do is go bare. Go buy a pair of running shoes. Don't just go buy buy a pair. Put them on your feet. Open up your door and go. Yeah. Right. Just go. Right. Don't care if you do it for five seconds, five minutes, five minutes, or fifty miles. Just go. And the next day, do it again. The next day, do it again. Then after a while, it's not that. Oh, I can't do this because I have to work out. Is it a no? I got to work out, so I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's what most people are trying to find things in life. That push you. Pushing doesn't work. You need something to pull you. Because oh, yeah. if your why is big enough, yeah. you'll do anything. Yeah. You'll accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. sales too, like when I was selling personal training in college, it was yeah. always they always told you find the emotional hook. Why does that person want to get in shape? Yeah. And it was like once you had that, you know, you couldn't sell them all. But once you had that, it made the sale a lot easier. And yeah. you use that to your advantage. And you are helping them. You're not sleazy. You are helping them, yeah. providing a service. You're providing a service that that person needs. So when people get out of their way, their way out appears. Yeah, true. that's like one of my. That's the mm-hmm. quote I came up with myself. I've been saying that for years because so many people are like, well, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Like, listen, you just gave yourself seven objections of something you want to do, even before you tried it. Yeah, like you're objecting yourself. I said because you're pushing. No, 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 pull. Right. Yeah, they, they want to be comfortable. Like I, I was at a, a family party. And I actually said, what does that mean? I, I can't name any names because it was horrible. Well, like, before we get the whole comfort thing, yeah. before we get in that, I, people just say that to me. It's like, you want to be comfortable? I said, here, you are comfortable. 
Why? Say, because you're not downrange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're not pinned yeah. down by a sniper, yeah. buddy. Yeah. You yeah. are comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You're not worrying about what it be. I want to be comfortable. You're comfortable right now. Yeah, what are you yeah. talking yeah. about? You're not pinned down. <laughs> well, and that's like people are always shooting for that shit. People are always shooting to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was gonna say, you know, Jocko always tells people because people always hit him up. Well, how do you get up at four forty every morning? He's like, I, I just do it. Yeah. And I'm like, well. It is really hard, but yeah. it's not really hard when you're in basic training and there's fucking six drill sergeants in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get up. Because, because, <laughs> so you you have, because you have the outside motivation, yeah. but there's something in there that's pulling you. Because yeah. pulling you're like, you know what? That drill instructor mm-hmm. yesterday made me do like a thousand burpees and he thought, me got, he, thought he got me. Yeah. I'm going to get up today and show that motherfucker I can do this. So you're pulled to be in formation like, what? I'm right. here. Right. Still here. Yeah. You tried to break me yesterday and you didn't. Yeah. So yeah. that was your emotional pull. Yeah. You weren't being pushed. Whether it's getting up at 4.30... 8 a.m., 9, 9 a.m., or whatever the case is, you know, depending on people's lives, it's always going to be hard to get out of bed. Because yeah, yeah. everybody has a different structure, has a different yeah. time in their life. It's always going to get hard yeah. to get moving. But if you know the why right. and you know your goal, mm-hmm. then it makes it much easier. And and I mean, with that, it's uh, people in words. You mentioned, Bruce, that with words, you know, people say mean things. You know what? Those things just toughen you up for life. Yeah. They help you for the next thing to come. You know, somebody says something that stings, and you're like, ooh, let me internalize that. Let me really evaluate that. You know? okay, fine. Great. Okay, cool. Now I know how to handle the next situation. Yeah. And, I mean, I think life, being a Navy SEAL, being a young kid, how I grew up, et cetera, and everything I went through with being a SEAL and my transition into the civilian world – has all prepared me just to have kids. Yeah. Because those kids throw things at me. I thought I had challenges in my life, but sometimes, like, you know, a three and a half year old can yeah. just really destroy us. Yeah. Did you just, like, step on my heart? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My daughter's a teenager now. Yeah. And oh boy, I just hear it all. You know, she's a teenager, knows everything. And, like, she, she says some things to me, and I, I've looked at her, and I'm like, like, honey, you know, I'm 48. Yeah. There's nothing you're gonna say to me that other women are already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's That's funny. Funny. Join, join the crowd. That's funny. Join the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's but hilarious. you know, people. So you just got to get over, and, and and that leads into like you can't worry about looking stupid because we've all looked stupid. Trust me, I've looked stupid on a regular basis, but I learn from it, move forward, yeah. and I don't let that stop the action. You can't let that stop the action because people, our society, have a short-term memory. Yeah, they're not going to hold on to that. That's what I was going to say. You know, in 100 hours. years, no one's going to remember about yes. the, the shitty listing you had or yeah. the, the stupid thing you said in front of 100 people. No one's going to remember you. No. You know, there's, not what, seven, I mean, there's billions of people in the world. No one it's is thinking about it. And most no people, one. most people like this, most people say, hey, man, Bruce really stepped in shit today. Ha, 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 ha. And they go back into their own shit in their brain. Yeah. Yep. They're like, yeah. So you, they had five minutes of laughing at me. Yep. And the rest of the day, they're in their own world and stuck on their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the so. people that are thinking about you probably don't matter to anybody. So, well, well, yeah. Like I, me, I'm. A, people laugh at me, but I think like critics are good because how my brain thinks is like, listen, we're finite people. We have a certain amount of time here. Yeah. To live. So I was like, so you are taking time, your precious time, out of your life to focus on me. So good, bad, or ugly, you're still focusing on me. So either way, I win. And sometimes yeah. that gets you sales. Yeah, no, either way, I win. <laughs> it so actually you, does. So yeah. you're at your dinner table saying, "Man, like Bruce Scott, like he was telling me how to do this training, and, and oh man, he seemed like he was relentless." Yeah, but you're thinking about it, right? Right. Yeah. And you still know what? Thinking about me. You're still yeah. thinking about me. So I win. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very true.
True. You can't save everybody at, at all. You know, I took a job with a nuclear power company, and I was trying to teach their, their security force a bunch of tactics. And I think overall my goal was to get them to be fluid with things, mm -hmm. just be able to think on their feet and start moving, uh, to, be, to bring out that dynamic side that they needed. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, uh, another guy, he was actually an Army SF guy, he goes, Joe, you can't save everybody. And I'm like, you know, you're right. And that leads into it's the true. real estate, you know, with the real estate stuff. People say, this, "Oh, I want to buy. I want to buy," or you know, but then they don't. They don't get the pre-approval. This you know? ties into this lawsuit. Yeah, there you, you go. You can't say right there. This guy really felt that he was taken advantage of because he agreed to five percent commission, and the realtor got five percent commission. Yeah, yeah. But did not disclose to him that he was paying another person out of his five percent commission. You can't say everyone. If you're angry that I did my job for you, that you agreed, we agreed upon. You signed the contract, you, have, you, get, you, you get a lawyer, and then I sold your house and everything's fine. Then you found out that I took some of that money and donated to a charity you don't like. You're angry about it? Because mm -hmm. right. it's, it's, it's arbitrary. Right. It's arbitrary is that. Is I made 5% and I went and I and I took my family on vacation to Bora Bora. You're like, I hate islands. Right. How right. dare you go to islands? Right. 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 You go, you're going to Germany. Yeah. You know, you got to go to Auschwitz or something yeah. crazy. Like, no, no, no. We're going to the islands. No, no. Yeah. I like I was slighted. Yeah, yeah. Like this, like this, to bring everything like full circle. Can't say them all. This, yeah, they can't say them all. This is completely an idiotic, baseless yeah. lawsuit that if I was a judge, like you're wasting my time yeah. on saying that you got taken advantage of because you paid what you were supposed to pay and you agreed to that, and, and now you're mad because he bought because uh, he he yeah. went out and bought his wife flowers yeah. with a commission. Yeah. And this is this is like a nationally renowned law firm that took this case, and to me, your credibility's gone because your other suits pretty solid. This one's a fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. I think they're doing the whole um, no. There's no such thing as bad press. Yeah, right. Because this is true. This is kind of billion dollars worth of press for them. Yeah, yeah. Right. But if yeah, you talk to every news, yeah, they, right every news right. But the thing about it is, if you talk to the average person of buying and selling a house, mm -hmm. they don't care. No. They don't like, care. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. They're like, oh, so what do you? We've choose? always done that. So you're so. saying that I, I have to, I have to pay you the five percent that I agreed to. Yeah. Is that going to help okay. me sell my house? Yeah, yeah. I really need to sell my house because I'm moving. Yeah, yeah. And right. I can't have this more. I, I have. I'm moving. I got another job. I'm moving. I got to yes. sell my house. Yeah. Is this lawsuit going to help me sell that? Right. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm like, listen, just give me the disclosure. Let me sign. Go do your job. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go do your job. Yeah. All right. It's good talking. Guys. A lot of good stuff. Thanks no. for the information. Yeah. No. I mean, everyone, look forward to. Uh, we're going to try to be as consistent with this as possible, but it'll be me, uh, me, Joe, and Bruce going here forward. Look those guys up. Follow them on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and Bruce, uh, Bruce Waller, certified mortgage planner. You can find me on Facebook or BruceJWaller.com. Yeah, uh, Joe Masalta, you can look me up on Facebook. Um, You'll see a lot of political posts on there, but uh, <laughs> you will see it. Um, and, if and, you, hey. yeah, and if you're a veteran that's buying or selling a house, uh, Joe was in the Army. Obviously, uh, their Joe over here was a Navy SEAL. I think that says everything it needs to say for them. And I can take care of the VA loan for you. Uh, veterans are my preferred client. Well, I'll work with anybody, but my preferred client is a veteran because I'm literally able to have this conversation because they took bullets for me. So, yeah. Period. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Free Eddie Gallagher. Free Eddie oh, Gallagher. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, it's, uh, well, we won't is get to it. We'll get the next okay. one. But, he, he's not you know, the next he, one we can talk he, about that. Is he but, out? Is he uh, no, no, he's not. He's, he's not, not out yet? out yet? No. Um, huh. But the next one we can we can go and talk about that. Yeah, but well, Free Eddie Gallagher. Well, it sounds like we're talking <laughs> about Free Eddie Gallagher next <laughs> Monday. So stay tuned and we'll, we'll see everybody next Monday. But we're signing off.
And uh, have a great week. Go kill it.